Join us this week as Cecily and I discuss the importance of budgeting, being frugal versus being cheap, quick meal ideas, and more. So, it's time to lock the bathroom door and enjoy some me time. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. Let's talk about budgeting. Okay. Yay! Every housewife wants to talk about budgeting. We just, you know... We go to dinner, we get wine, or <laughs> heavy liquor, because we're moms, and we really need the heavy liquor, and we talk about budgeting. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's important, you know, it's, we have to do it, because if you don't budget, you end up paycheck to paycheck, which you guys have been, yeah. we haven't been dealing with um, so much, but you guys have been dealing with it really bad. Well, we used to be paycheck to, pe- to paycheck when we first got married, when I was the budget queen, because that's how little he made. Right. And then, I don't know, at some point I flipped out about it, and so he took over, and that didn't go so well. Yeah, it's gone wonderfully. I talked to you guys about that. That, that was... But we've got you set up on something that'll work now. Yes, yes. Cause, because we got set up on this budget earlier this year, and we went from, I kid you not, zero, de- like, tomorrow's payday, right? Mm-hmm. And if this was January, we would have no money in the bank account. Nothing. And now we have over three grand in the bank account. That's amazing. We have two months of everything in the bank account, which is incredibly stress relieving, especially this year with COVID and everybody's getting laid off. And for a while, we were worried about Jason, but his machinist work is considered essential. So we've been able to get stuff up higher. And their contract for the union is due for renegotiation in December, which is only three months from now, almost two months from now. And if he goes on strike and we were paycheck to paycheck, it would be so bad. Yeah. Just why stuff like this is important, which is why we talk about it, because... You know, nobody wants to talk about it. Lead poisoning? Who wants to talk about lead poisoning? But <laughs> conversations that we have to have. So getting you guys on a budget. Like, I set you up. What did I do? I set you up with $100 for food and like $50 for automobile gas. A paycheck? I don't remember. I don't have it pulled up right now. I don't remember. I just glanced and then went, nope, you know what? I'm not dis- And I have just been spending what Brian told me. And that works. It does work. Um, Every paycheck, which right now is more often because I'm doing the census work, so I get paid weekly, I send Jason a state of the budget. It's kind of like a state of the union, but not really. I mean, (laughs) it is is a state of the union because all arguments in marriage seem to boil down to sex and money. (laughs) (laughs) So sending him like, this is where we are. This is where the debt is. And this is how much extra we have in the bank account right now as a cushion in case bad things happen. And it makes everybody happier. Except on days where we're talking about paying off the credit card and then everybody's kind of stressed out. Yeah. But we're... It's slow. But we're getting there. We use the Ramsey method. Which is you pay the lowest amount off first. And then you pay... And then you take those payments. Yeah. Yeah, you snowball it. Although right now we're paying off the uh, Amazon card in full like the trip I made up to you guys. The next week, I covered all of that. It was less than $350 I spent. I was actually, 
I was actually very proud of myself because I could have easily just blown my budget, especially using a credit card. I just had Tractor Supply this week, and they go, do you want a Tractor Supply credit card? You get $50 credit, and my order was like 60 because I had to go for chicken feed. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm paying off my credit cards right now. I don't need another one. <laughs> I don't need another credit card. I need to pay off this debt. She's like, I get it. And I go, I know. And I looked at her manager who was going to help me load my car. And I said to her, I said, she gets points for trying though, right? And she goes, absolutely. And I said, good. Because she should try. Awesome. But no. Yeah. In the last week was um, spider webs are nature's trip wires. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, they don't actually trip you, so... No, but you are suddenly very aware of your surroundings when you hit one. <laughs> and I use them when I'm doing the census to tell if houses are vacant, because if there are spider webs over the hinges... Like, and they don't have yeah. to be, like, super heavy, but if they're, like, over the part of the door that opens or over the hinges, obviously nobody's opened that door in a while. Yeah. Because it takes those buggers a while to build a spider web. So it's one of the ways I've been using the tell if houses are vacant. Well, like, not necessarily all that long. I remember opening a door once when I was supposed to go get Brian from work, and there was a person-sized web just beyond the reach of the door, and it was an adventure. <laughs> I bet you thought they were nature's tripwires that day. Feel like you're in an action movie ducking lasers? Well, actually, I just... Threw stuff through it until I couldn't <laughs> see it anymore. That also works. It does. It and works. it was after dark, and I wasn't going to go any further than I had to, so I retrieved the broom and stuff the next morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't seen that many spiders out here. They're all over the chicken coop. They're just, they're all over the chicken coop. But I think they're all dead now, so I don't really care. I went to move the coop door one day, and there was a spider behind the coop door, and that was kind of creepy. There have been a lot of crickets behind that coop door, and they make me jump so high in the dark. So I'm just out there with a flashlight <laughs> in the dark to shut the coop door. My friend is working on a prototype for an automatic coop door closer that also makes you coffee in the morning. It's going to be amazing. Really? Yeah. His, his coop door, his secure coop will make your coffee in the morning. Out. By the chicken coop? Out by or... the chicken coop. So you go to take care of your chickens and you got a pot of coffee. He started it as a joke and then we were all like, no, that's a great idea. I gotta get up so early to take care of these chickens. Wow. I don't think of chicken coops as involving that much electricity. Well, we just set up a bucket warmer in a huge... Um, it was used for, like, Vicodin because of where my father-in-law works. So they're these huge, like, food-grade tubs with screw lids so they're like this big around and they're like three feet tall and we put Why a bucket warmer in one tub full of because it's a pharmaceutical company oh okay <laughs> so so we've washed them out and we use them for chicken feed and we put uh, a bucket warmer in there so that and it has uh chicken cups so they dip their beacon for water and it triggers a little lever which releases more water so that the oh, water wow. doesn't freeze over the winter. So we finally Ooh. set that up in the chicken coop. Oh yeah, it's awesome. And then we'll have lights. And some people put heaters in their chicken coops. So yeah, yeah. chicken coops take electricity. Have... Yeah, he, apparently wow. here in uh, St. Louis, they don't use, 
They don't use heaters, we don't need them. And we're using a deep litter system, so we have composting happening in the chicken coop, which obviously lets Ooh. off its own heat. Yeah. And then the chickens all huddle on the roosting bars. So we don't, we won't need a heater. But I'll need to start closing the, I keep, I've been keeping the vent windows open since May. And I'm going to have to start closing those soon because it's getting kind of chilly. But I have to walk to the other side of the chicken coop and I haven't been thinking about it. I think about it every morning when I open the chicken coop to get the eggs out. And by 8 o'clock at night, I've forgotten again. But I'll remember once it's actually cold. They don't seem to be any worse for the wear. Yeah, we're having fun using the uh, using the weather to regulate the temperature of the house. Yeah. I mean, you know, really bad electricity. We, we kind of use space heaters a lot. But you have to be careful where you put them so you don't trip the fuse. So. Well, that can work better for saving money, though, sometimes. We have a couple of space heaters in the basement that are usually on low all winter because it's a basement. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a ground-level basement because our house is on a hill. But it's so cold down there, and it's not like we're going to jack the temperature up up here in order to keep it warm down there. Yeah, and that wouldn't work because it goes up in. Yeah. We actually just installed a Google Nest uh, thermostat that we got for 25 bucks through our electric company. That was kind of cool. Ooh. Yep. And I think we get a discount, too, for having it. I think we have to have it on a certain setting, but I misremember. I'd have to look it up and look at it. But it's like the neatest thing ever. I've never had a thermometer you just turn the ring on the outside of and tap to change the temperature, so it's kind of cool. That I, would be it helps. I can't see it right now because I don't think the interface is on, but um, earlier when people were walking through the hallway, I could tell that it was set at 70, which made me go, Jason, why is the house at 70? <laughs> Actually, it may be set higher. It may just be cool enough outside that the house is just 70 because it should be around 72, but it was set at 70. But he's also been sick, so maybe he turned it down. I don't know. We are really good at using <laughs> the weather to regulate the house. We can get between lots of blankets at night and us all actually being used to it being kind of cold in the winter. We can get into November before pulling out the space. Nice. And that's always better anyway because you want to keep your yeah. electricity bill down. I know when I lived in the apartment on Lawrence in Springfield that uh, I had wall heaters and I just kept them turned off in any room I wasn't in a lot which is basically every room but the bedroom so i only had a heater on in the bedroom really and i had the other one set yeah, like know. at 60 or something and since i was on the third floor in the summer i was dying because nothing would air condition that apartment because it was just one of those apartments but in the winter i could keep the heat really really down and since heat rises <laughs> and the two apartments below me were heated i was perfectly comfortable in the winter it was wonderful and here it's not so bad. We joke in St. Louis that we get two weeks of spring and two weeks of fall, but we don't get to choose which weeks. <laughs> it's kind of scattered throughout the year. But this house is an older cinder brick house, so it's not so bad. So did I talk to you guys when you started your budget about how to get it so we're, you guys are to the point we are with how I to start out? don't remember. Okay, so I'm going to tell you. What we did, I have your budget and our budget set up so that you can see what the due dates are for all of the bills. And anything without a due date is either like Amazon Prime, which is once a year. I guess you could do monthly, but I've never done it. And our savings accounts and also food and gas because 
food and gas aren't bills. Yeah. And then you just go by, okay, this is this pay period, and this is when we get paid next. And you make sure that there's a full payment for everything. And what I usually do is every three to six months, I go through the budget, and I recalculate the bills because stuff like your water, your electricity, your natural gas, and those bills will fluctuate even on a budget system, like our auto insurance. We do bills monthly because I'm crud at trying to save up six months for something. Because when I want McDonald's, dear lord, I really, really want McDonald's. <laughs> and if there's three months of stuff somewhere, I'm going to be like, I can take $10. And that becomes a problem. So we have it set on monthly billing. Mm-hmm to keep that from happening. I find it way easier to remember monthly billing than I find. I mean, even like our trash and our water bills are every three months and I just have them set up like they're every month. And when I go through and do the budget, I just know that it's every three months and I try to have like everything else twice the amount that I should have for every bill. And since every other bill is every month, I just see it as every month. So like our water is covered probably for six months, maybe, I misremember. It may just be for every month. Yeah. So you would go through and you would say, let me pull it. Let me pull up a calendar because I don't even know what today is. Welcome to being a stay-at-home mom. It is. I don't know what day of the month it is. It's It's the 24th because it's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Ian. I think (laughs) I saw that because I was on Facebook. Strangeness of all strange. Erase book hashtag. Um, so yeah, let's say you had a bill on the 25th and it was, and you're setting up your budget for the next pay period. And let's say today was Friday. I'm just trying to make it easy. So you would make sure that that bill is covered. You want to cover every bill that's due next first. And then you want to take any leftover and start filling the other envelopes with that. And it's kind of hard to do without overtime, but you can eventually do it, especially if unlike us, you're able to squeeze down your grocery bill, which is what I did to you guys. I really, really (laughs) squeezed your grocery bill down to almost nothing. But unlike us, you can live on peanut butter and jelly and ramen noodles. It's not fun, but for two months, you could do it. That was kind of my plan was lots of rice and vegetable and meat stock meals. Yeah. I mean, they're they're quick. They're easy. It's not like everybody is joyful to be eating them, but you've got them. For you guys, once we get you, you know, in a new place, whether you rent or or you own, and we get you some cushion, we'll start stocking your pantry, which I'm going to talk about in a minute with the copy canning. Because right now, if Jason lost his job and we had the great TP shortage (laughs) 2.0, our house would be okay for between two weeks and a month without without leaving anywhere. Or if, God forbid, somebody caught COVID in our house. Yeah. We would be perfectly fine not not being able to leave the house. The chickens have all their food. We have a deep freeze that is stocked. We have two refrigerators and two freezers on top of the deep freeze. Now, not all of those are filled. The one in the basement has like, I think it has 36 eggs in it. that are like a month and a half old because now we have chickens that are laying more eggs than I know what to do with. (laughs) I I gave away six and a half dozen last Friday and Saturday. I have six and a half dozen sitting on my counter. You should start selling. We, We are going to do that just to defer the cost of feeding the chickens since we're getting more eggs than we're using right now. So we're gonna charge like just just friends and family and we're gonna do like two dollars a dozen because that covers the cost of the feed for the chickens to produce those eggs 
Awesome. Which is more expensive than say no, it's it's slightly cheaper than what I get thirty six eggs for at Walmart. Yeah, it's a it's about the average here. Yeah, I I haven't bought eggs in the store uh, since I got the thirty six at Target like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, and egg prices they'll fluctuate. They get higher in the winter because chickens require more in the winter, and they don't lay as much. And then they drop in the oh. summer. So if you pay attention to it, you can see that. And there are actually things you can do. Yeah, I I've noticed it. Um, I noticed it long before I we had chickens. I noticed it when I was doing research on chickens, and I found out the chickens molt in the winter, so they'll lay less. And then I started noticing that the prices on chicken eggs fluctuates, and it seems to fluctuate with the time that the chickens don't lay as much. Cool. And our chickens are obviously better taken care of than your CAFO chickens, which is what we refer to as commercial chickens. It's short for commercially fed. Um, they usually mm-hmm. People usually use it in reference to beef, but I use it in reference to any meat product or eggs, milk, stuff like that. That's not local. But having said that, I am all for store brand stuff, which I also want, I want to talk about. But I want to finish talking about this budget first. Because this is the important stuff. And the rest of it's kind of fun. <laughs> I think we're having fun. But, yes. <laughs> you know, for my poor co-host's first podcast. <laughs> um, so, I gave you guys a budget that was electronic. But I actually found that I can't use an electronic budget. Because it's way easier to delete numbers in a computer than it is when it's on paper. So, I go through here. And I write everything down that came out of the bank account. Even when it's like we ate out, ate out, ate out, ate out, spent way too much on Amazon. Holy crap, why did we spend more money on Amazon? What are we thinking? <laughs> we have ordered like 10 things from Amazon in the last two weeks. Uh, but that's also why we have Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I use a erasable pin in there. But even doing that, it's a lot harder to move numbers around because you really know what you're doing when you're sitting there with a pin and you're literally writing it out. Mm-hmm. At least for me mentally than doing it electronically where I was always moving money around and I was never keeping everything where it should be and you really have to keep it. If I wasn't able to keep it this way, we would be going to cash in physical envelopes, which is the next step of doing it on a extremely strict basis, which works. It does work, but it's a pain in the butt to pay your bills in cash. How do you use the cash to pay a bill? Oh, yeah, you'd go get money orders, which isn't... But then you have to mail them in early enough that they get there before the due date. Yes. I am old enough. I remember paying bills with check. I remember when I couldn't do anything but pay my bills with a check. Yeah. I'm old. We're both grannies. <laughs> We're so old. We we are I'm I'm positive you remember being able to do that because I remember be I remember oh, yeah. having to do that. And it was a pain in the butt. It's actually the only reason I had a checkbook when I had one. I mean, we still have one floating around because occasionally we need it for random stuff, but I would never mail in a check now. So that is the next step. If you can't keep yourself under control on doing it electronically and keeping your budget electronically, go to paper. If you can't keep it on paper, you have to go to cash. It sucks and you don't want to do it. And we actually have some solutions that we use to help with the grocery budget because we bleed out of the grocery budget like somebody cut us an ephemeral artery. It's bad. It's It's funny and it's not funny. So we get $200 a paycheck 
for groceries. When I balanced the budget last week before I moved some extraneous money around, we had spent $507 on groceries in less than two weeks. We have been, <laughs> on August 27th, we had spent $806 and we're budgeted 200 So wow. when I say we bleed like we were cutting the femoral artery, I mean our grocery budget bleeds. And part of that is the Amazon orders, because when we get them in, I never remember what they were. So I just put it all in the food budget and figure it out later. Uh, okay. So that's part say, of it. How have you spent that much on food? A lot oh, of it's... There's so much stuff you can't eat. Yeah, see, that's the problem when you're gluten-free like I am. Yeah. I can't just live on peanut butter and jelly and ramen. Actually, I found some rice ramen when I was at Deerberg's this week, which is $1.99 a pack. But given that ramen is now like $1.25 a pack, that actually wasn't terrible. And I got it. I just like, ooh, that's kind of interesting. I want to try that. Should I have spent that money? No. <laughs> Did I spend that money? Yes. It also went... When anybody in our house is stressed out or sick, the grocery budget goes out the window and everybody's been stressed out, which is why we're bleeding so bad right now. And sick. And sick, which means I've made two grocery runs for just like Gatorade, ginger ale, yeah. cornflakes. Jason, for some reason, likes cream of chicken soup when he is sick and I think it is the grossest thing ever. <laughs> why would you drink that i don't know why you would drink it but it's very popular here as a soup well or a... and like thing to add to stuff yeah no no he he uses it as a soup you well, just by itself it's not very much i have an aunt who swears when she's sick by unfrosted grape flavored pop tarts i didn't know grape flavored pop tarts existed they exist and they also exist unfrosted huh. it's to me that is disgusting <laughs> When I'm sick, uh, I live on French fries and mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are awesome. Mashed I got potatoes him. are always Yeah. I used to um, swear by SOS, which is stuff on a shingle, but I can't <laughs> eat that anymore because the gravy has wheat in it and toast has wheat in it, and uh, I can't. When I was pregnant, it was fun. I actually found gluten-free um, saltines to keep by the bed because I had read, and it seems to work that if you eat right before you get up in the morning, it'll help eliminate... Yeah, eliminate morning sickness i had people who i i read stuff where people swore by just you know hard candies and they make these really awesome ginger hard candies that i really like i used to keep them around because i used to be nauseous all the time for no apparent reason like not pregnant just extremely nauseous 24 7 so i would go through oh, those we don't know what caused that it probably was stress so what we do <laughs> back to grocery <laughs> I have a Cash App card. So Cash App is an app on your phone where people can send and receive stuff. It's like Venmo. And you can get a debit card if you have Cash App. And you can move stuff from your bank account to your Cash App card. It's like up to $5,000 a month or something. It's an insane amount to me. And there's no charge. So usually on payday when I'm actually paying attention and doing what I should be doing, I go through and I transfer $200 from our bank account to the Cash App card, which happens nigh on instantaneously. Like I, I've been at checkouts and I have added money 
as I'm inserting my card and it is just there and it's wonderful. Wow. And you get boosts. So sometimes I get like 15% off of a Wendy's order. If I select oh. that boost, they have DoorDash often. There's usually a pizza place. Um, Xbox Live gift cards often have a boost on them. So that's that's always helpful, especially when I really want some Wendy's. Although usually when I want Wendy's is when there's not a boost. <laughs> but if there is one, I, if I'm going to Wendy's, I always check because it changes weekly. And then the other thing we use is, I know Quick Trip doesn't exist where you are. It's, um, is, what is it called up there? Quick Stop? Quick and Easy. Quick and Easy. That's it. So um, we get a quick trip gift card just a gas gift card and put $200 on it and you can refill those forever no charge and then our gas budget is safe on the gift card uh-huh. and we don't okay. have to, and then we don't have to worry about it and we've gotten to the point before where we've had like $400 because when I'm not working either the census job which is a lot of driving or DoorDash which is also a lot of driving we just we don't use $200 a paycheck yeah. but because I don't know when I'm going to be driving more and to cover like trips up to Springfield Illinois to see you guys or see my family that takes more gas I go down to Cape Girardeau with twice oh, wow. a month so that covers the gas there and back. And I obviously, when I'm taking the long trips, I try to take our Elantra because the Elantra is $20 to fill a tank and gets the same mileage as my Yukon, which is almost $50 to fill a tank. Wow. Oh, and uh, did I did I tell you how unsafe that Yukon apparently was when I drove it up to you guys to deliver the toilet? No, you did not. I, I will send you pictures. I will also post pictures on social media for people listening. But, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, rotors were divoted. Mm-hmm. Like, severely divoted. The day oh, that's, oh I, my. It took me two blocks wow. to stop at going 30 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. And then I drove it home and it's kind of uh, been on jack since then. Jason's changing all of the strut, all the shocks uh, from air assist to manual. Just, you know, conventional shocks because the shocks were just done. They were original and that car is 19 years old. And he's changing the rotors and the calipers and the pads, just everything. So we've dumped over a grand into both cars together in the last three weeks. Because then the alternator in the Elantra went out. Of course. Because what do you do when you only have one car? The other <laughs> car goes down. Yeah. But then since you he have no cars. Yeah. Then we have no cars. But this is why we have an auto repair budget. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. And that's why I gave you guys one because you gotta have one for that. Also, I have a husband who has tools for I swear everything and <laughs> is a fond student of YouTube University. And there are a lot of things on your car you can do yourself. He he changed the alternator himself. He's changing the rotors and the brakes and the calipers himself. Yep. He's changing the shocks himself. There's only one thing on the Yukon we can't change, and there's a because there's a problem in the wire harness in the back so I don't have a blinker or any kind of lights on the left side and that has to go in but I've been busy yeah Brian once took apart a uh, door of one of our cars because we just had to be able to get to the get it to the dealer to use it for a trade-in but we couldn't find the key for it so we had to take apart the door to get the lock out, to take it to the locksmith to get a key. Yeah, you can't that do that fun. anymore because of the electronic keys. You can't do that anymore. You can't even get them replaced easily anymore. So we talked about the budget. There's also budget saving buying, which we also talked about. If you absolutely have to, ramen noodles, peanut butter, and jelly, it's a thing. It sucks. It it's a thing. 
buy rice in bulk and eat rice and ground beef. I think at one point earlier this year when stuff was really, really bad, I'm like, we're eating rice and ground beef for the foreseeable future. Rice and chicken. Rice and chicken. Rice and canned chicken. Really? If I have to. I don't have to. Well, I'm just thinking, what I usually do is buy, like, split breasts when they're on sale and then cut off the meat and use the bones for stock. But I guess I have more time than I do money, and I guess that's kind of what you do. <laughs> Normally what I'll do is I'll roast a chicken in a crock pot, and then um, you take it out of the crock pot, and then you put the bones back, and you leave it. You You don't have to leave it for 24 hours but if I get a chicken from like Whole Foods like a high higher quality chicken that's not full of chemicals I'll leave it for 24 hours and like let everything leach out of the bones but if you do that with a Walmart chicken your house is going to smell like a chemical plant I did it once really don't do that well you're pulling all the stuff I, like like whatever the whatever the generic on sale is yeah, I don't, it could be me, it could be that I'm just sensitive to it, but it's just, it's gross. So, budget saving buying. Me and you have had this conversation before, and we're going to have it again. There is a difference between being frugal and being cheap. Yes. Now, I had somebody give me the example of like, you can buy a nice spatula that maybe costs you 10, 15 bucks and lasts you like 10 to 15 years. Or you can buy... They said five, but I've seen them cheaper. You can buy a cheap $1 spatula from like the dollar store okay. and have to replace it 10 to 20 times in the next three years. In which case you would have been better off spending more money than buying cheaply. It's called buy once, cry once. And for certain things it makes sense. Like my Instapot cost me $90. But do you know how much stuff that Instapot does? <laughs> I had one, and I could not figure out how to make it efficient. And they're not for everybody. I really like it. I also have a rice cooker, because my Instapot's a six quart, and it's way too big to make rice for a family of three. So I have a and much smaller. Rice is, hmm? I said frozen rice is weird. Leftover rice at if all is weird. Rice, then if you cook a whole bunch of rice, and then freeze it in, like, meal-sized portions, rice that's been cooked and then frozen and then thawed just... It's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. When I was, uh, before I met Jason, I would buy boil and bag rice. Because I am notoriously bad at making rice, which is also why we bought the rice maker like five years ago. Because <laughs> Jason buys 50 pound bags of rice. But, wow. we weren't, but we weren't using it because I can't cook rice. Everybody has their thing they can't cook. I can't cook rice. Uh -huh. So we invested, I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks in a rice maker. And we use that thing like three times a week. And it's, it's like an Instapot, but it's smaller. My Instapot, they say you could put a whole chicken in. I question the ability to pull a whole chicken in that thing. I mean, I wouldn't anyway. We have like five crockpots. We have three. We have three crockpots in this house. His parents have two, which is probably why I think we have five. Wow. Uh, yeah. I had a crockpot. Jason had a crockpot. And then my grandma got us these <laughs> little mini crockpots. There are three of them in this warmer, which I keep oh, in the box. Yeah. They're awesome, but we, like, never use it. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it because, like, Christmas, when we have, like, family parties and stuff, it can be useful. But in general, it's not something I'm going to use every week. And then you have to clean it, and I hate cleaning crockpots, which is why they're all in the basement right now. But <laughs> another example of buy once, cry once is, and we didn't buy this, mind you. We got this as a wedding present because they're, like, 400 bucks. But we have a Vitamix blender. <laughs> Wow. That thing will blend anything. It is amazing. 
And if I was going to buy a blender now, I mean, my Vitamix is put away because we haven't used it in forever. We'll go through spats where we use it a lot and then we won't use it. I would buy another Vitamix. I wouldn't even think about it. Jason would drop money on a KitchenAid mixer without question. We have one of, his parents have two KitchenAid mixers and we have one in our kitchen right now. Because um, this reenactment group we're in, the SCA, our baronial kitchen, which is our group's kitchen, for events and stuff, they had one from the 1930s that they were trying to get rid of and we're currently uh, refurbishing it. Jason took it to work and he's sandblasted it and he's going to repaint it and he's getting it back into a uh, better working order. I'm pretty sure it was working, but whoever replaced and rewired that uh, motor, they really liked their lubricant. There was a lot oh, of it. No. <laughs> there was a lot of it. Um, so it's be it's gotten cleaned out and it's being refurbished slowly. But while we're doing that, because I have the husband who loves to make bread, who has a wife who can't eat it, because of course that's how it is. Uh, so we have one of his parents' kitchen aids. We have their older one because they have a newer one because they got a bigger one. Because when we cook, when we bake at Christmas, we bake at Christmas. Wow. And that includes me and I can't eat anything. I mean, I make tons of meringue cookies. I love meringue cookies. I am a sucker for meringue cookies. And they're so stupid easy to make. You turn the oven to four, like 425. You let it preheat. You put the cookies in. You turn it off. You go to bed. You wake up and you have cookies. Okay. Because meringues, um, you don't want to cook them at a high temperature because they're just egg white and yeah. sugar. Um, but they have to dry out. So you put them in. They're, it's called um, forgotten cookies because you oh. turn the oven off. It's like the last thing you do it when you're baking. You put it in there and you just leave them overnight. And they'll, they bake and then they dry out as the oven cools down. And then in the morning there are cookies because you don't eat meringues warm anyway. I, I will... I will find the recipe for my forgotten meringues and I will um, post it on our website in the show notes and I will also post it on, um, I may post it on our social media. Maybe you'll be lucky enough and I'll bring some for the Halloween party. Maybe I'll remember and I will get gel food coloring from uh, Oma's house and I will color them. I love doing mm -hmm. that. It's fun to make. I wouldn't want to do it in somebody else's kitchen. I would rather do it with a mixer I've used, but it's fun. And it's like the only baked good I can really have anyway. I use one-to-one -one flour around uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't usually replace my food. Which doesn't make eating gluten-free cheaper. No. no Because I'm eating whole foods generally and tons of soda. So, back to frugal versus cheap. My favorite story about frugal versus cheap involves you in the Walmart boxes. <laughs> I can save three cents buying boxes at Walmart. Well, it was more than three cents. <laughs> they would not have survived what we are doing to your house. Because <laughs> here's the thing about U-Haul boxes. Jason got them when he moved to Colorado to go to college. And that was before he met me. So we're talking, this is like 08, 10 maybe. So he moved from St. Louis to Colorado. He moved back. Then we moved me from my college, or my apartment. It wasn't a dorm, it was an apartment. And then... um. We moved houses with the same boxes the entire time. We had to add some boxes, but we used the same boxes the entire time, and we've, like, given the boxes away. <laughs> and we only had a couple of failures, and one of them was my fault, and that's how I learned that using book boxes for books is how you go. Yes. Because spending more money on U-Haul boxes is well worth it, 
and you may cry but here's a good thing about u-haul boxes any boxes you do not use u-haul will buy back from you yeah i saw that yeah which i have never encountered a time where i did not use every u-haul box i bought but it's good to know if you absolutely refuse to use u-haul boxes for some reason these are not as good but i've used them and they definitely work and since i used to be an overnight stalker i can tell you these boxes are built like workhorses um you can call your local Walmart after like 10 p.m. And you can ask them to hold boxes for you. And they will hold cereal boxes. And you can pick them up at like 5 a.m. 5 oh. or 7 a.m. And then you have boxes that work well and are free. But given my choice between the cereal boxes and a U-Haul box, I'd rather have a U-Haul box because cereal boxes don't have handles. I grew up moving with Bob Evans boxes because we had a Bob Evans plant nearby. And I didn't know that they made sausage until I was married. <laughs> because we we bought generic sausage. And if you were moving, you went to Bob Evans for boxes. I didn't know what Bob Evans actually did. <laughs> Another rule for budget buying. And I'm going to use us again as an example. There, There is a thing. And there's a podcaster I listen to, and he goes all the way up to 10, and I can't remember all of them. But the basic idea is two is one and one is none, especially for things you go through. Like, say, toilet paper. Earlier this year, yeah. if you were not, like, keeping up with your store of toilet paper, and you ran out, you didn't have any toilet paper. Yeah. For a month. I have a friend... Who keeps like two months supply in her house and they were going to Sam's and they just were going to pick up some toilet paper because eh, we should pick up some toilet paper. We have plenty, but we're just going to pick some up because we're at Sam's anyway. And for her, it's a drive and there was no toilet paper. And she's like, man, I'm glad I got a two month supply of toilet paper. I have friends who are like, I didn't need masks or gloves because I keep a number of those on hand for our first aid kits in our car and we rotate stuff. So when everything went missing, we had them. In our house, we have that with Clorox wipes. You still can't find Clorox wipes, but I've got like two things in the basement because we use Clorox wipes, so we buy more than we need. It's called copy canning, which doesn't make sense unless you're talking about food, but it yeah. also transfers over. Like I have over a year's supply of hand soap in this house right now. I just do because we take um, regular gel hand soap, and if you put like... If you take a foaming dispenser, like you you spend money and you buy a foaming hand soap, you can take that bottle when it's empty, fill it a quarter way with gel, with just your regular hand soap, fill the rest of it slowly with water, and then shake the crap out of it with your hand over one side before you put the, um, the springy thing. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. As my mother-in-law would say, the zhusher, um, <laughs> back into it. I don't know what it's called. Um, and then you shake the hell out of it some more. And then you have foaming hand soap. And because we oh. do that, we have six things of method, which is what we buy. And it'll last us over a year. So I won't need to buy yeah. hand soap. And we get the method off of Amazon. We also, Jason said he, uh, because our shower, our liner shower curtains always get gross. And... Time is worth more to us than washing them because I've washed them. I've taken them outside and I've scrubbed them and it is a pain and it takes forever because the vinyl ones, you can't just throw them in the washing machine. So we get them replaced every six months and it's like five bucks. 
Five bucks is cheaper. Yeah, five bucks is cheaper than the hour it would take me to take it outside and scrub the pink mold that we get on our shower curtains off of it. Pink mold? Yeah, it's a thing. It's because it's a bathroom, and that's just what we get. Oh, I didn't know there was such a thing as pink mold. It kind of looks like Ghostbusters 2. Okay, then. Have you seen the slime in, in Ghostbusters 2? That comes out a lot. Oh, okay. It's like in the sewer, and it's a, it's just like this pink sludge. Now, this isn't what this is. This just discolors everything like a pinkish tinge. But he's like, you didn't notice? Like, it's pink. It's disgusting. And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> so I've got a shower curtain liner. I need to swap them out. I might do that before I go to bed tonight. Other things you should keep stock of. Light bulbs. You use them. They go out. Yes. If you're buying a package of light bulbs because your light bulbs went out, buy two. If they're on sale, buy four. Yeah. Um, batteries. Everything uses freaking batteries. Yes. If you ha- Now, we buy large packs of batteries, so we very rarely buy batteries. But if we were going to buy little packs, which are, like, useless to me, I would rather buy larger packs of batteries at Sam's Club. But if you're going to buy smaller packs and you have to go buy batteries instead of buying one, buy two. If they're on sale, buy four. Yep. Which is kind of how I do my copy canning. For groceries, what... The podcaster Jack on the Survival Podcast recommends, and I'm going to link the episode he talks about this in depth in, because obviously I'm not talking about it in depth, really. He has an entire episode where he talks about copy canning for growing your pantry. And what he recommends is you take a piece of notebook paper, you stick it on your fridge with a fridge magnet. Every time you use an ingredient, you write it down. If you use it again, you put a star by it. And he uses like a check mark or something the third time. I say after the third time, underline it. Those are the things you use most often. And it doesn't matter what it is. If your kids are going through three things of gushers per pay period, you put that down because you're eating them. You can adjust your diet later. Obviously, three boxes of gushers is not a good thing to be in your diet, but you're eating them. And he says do that for a month and then you have an idea of what you're eating on a on a regular basis and obviously for like fresh produce this wouldn't work so well because fresh produce is the one thing in this house that's like constantly going bad and at least now I have chickens so if it starts going over I toss it to the chickens and at least it's making me eggs so what I do I know for instance if I go to the grocery store and I don't always do this when things are on sale sometimes I will just do this like I went to Deerberg's two months ago and I was just doing some pickup shopping because sometimes I just need things that I don't have. And I went through the gluten-free section, which I do often because sometimes things look good. They had tinkiata pasta, which is brown rice pasta. And to be honest, I can't tell the difference between it and regular pasta. And I don't know if that's me because I've been gluten-free for so long, even though normally I can tell the difference. Or if it's just really good pasta and I think it's really good. So we will use it to make mac and cheese because you can buy Velveeta cheese packets by themselves at Walmart. My family didn't know that. And then they told me about it like they came up with the idea when I told them about it a year prior. And I'm like, you know about that because I told you. (laughs) Because I can't eat Velveeta. I like Velveeta cheese packets. So I buy like two boxes of that at a time. And I went and I'm like, I think we're running low on pasta. So I bought like four or six packages. And I mean, it's not cheap. It's... It's $4 a bag. Wow. Yeah, it's not cheap. But again, gluten-free. Yeah. It's not cheap. (laughs) We also don't eat a lot of pasta, generally speaking, because it's it's expensive. 
Now, for you, you could go to the store and buy Borelli, and that stuff's like two bucks. So I bought like four of those. When I go out and I need like tomato sauce for something, instead of buying one, I know that I like Classico, I know it's gluten-free, and I know it gets used in our house, I buy four. If it's on sale, I buy more than that. (laughs) And I keep it in the pantry. And what you do, if you've ever stocked a shelf at a grocery store, and I don't know if you have, but I have. Like I said, I used to stock the cereal aisle at Walmart. Mm-hmm. You do what's called FIFO, first in, first out. So when you put the stuff in your pantry, you put the new stuff, you should. I don't, and you should. You put it in the back, and then you use the oldest stuff first. Like, I bought a thing of evaporated milk to make um, funeral potatoes this week because it just sounded good. I like funeral potato casserole, which is stupid easy to make, too. Um, so I bought a thing of evaporated milk not thinking I had any. I went down to the pantry two days ago. I've got four cans of it. (laughs) Well, there was a point where I was making a lot of condensed uh, mushroom soup, gluten-free. I make it here. It's really easy to make it. I will also make a note, and I will share that, because you can make condensed of anything. And since it uses cornstarch as a thickener, it's not expensive to make. That sounds... And you can make condensed anything soup. And I use it in lieu of canned condensed soup because I can't find it for gluten-free. I thought that Deerberg's had condensed uh, mushroom soup that was gluten-free, but they don't. They have a mushroom soup, but it has rice in it, and I'm not putting rice in cheesy potato casserole. I would think that would exist somewhere. Yeah, but it'd be expensive. And I could probably order it on Amazon, but cans are expensive to ship, and it's just not worth it. When I can make it with five minutes of effort in my own kitchen, it's just quicker to do it myself. And it uses fresh mushrooms, so... It's tastier. Yeah, that's always... If I wanted to use dry mushrooms, I've got a ton of dry mushrooms. So, that's... That is a quick and dirty example of copy canning. We do the same thing with meat. If we find meat and it's on sale, we have a vacuum sealer. If you don't have one, and you're not trying to get on a budget, you can buy one for about 100 bucks. And it's not great. It's probably one of those things we should have bought once, cried once. Because you really want a commercial grade one, they'll last longer. But the one we have works. So we vacuum seal stuff and toss it in the deep freeze. We do that with cheese. We do it with meat. I should do that with my Roma tomatoes that I have in the freezer, but I didn't. I batch froze them on a cookie sheet, then tossed them in a gallon Ziploc bag and tossed them back in the deep freeze. So I've got like 10 pounds of Roma tomato popsicles. The Romas did really, really good this year. And Jason doesn't think I can make sauce out of them since I did that. But I was like, well, if I didn't do that, they were going to go bad. Before I ever got around to it. I'm not sure. I think he's saying because they're a thicker tomato that it wouldn't work. We're going to find out. And if it doesn't work, then it didn't work. But at least the tomatoes didn't go bad. Yeah. I do the same thing with peaches when they're in season. I get them at the farmer's market. I slice them up and then I uh, freeze them on a cookie sheet, toss them in a gallon Ziploc bag. I also buy frozen peaches. I am not above buying great value frozen peaches. Which is something we should talk about. There, There is brand loyalty and then there is wasting your money. <laughs> you can be loyal to brands, but you don't want to be loyal to brands to everything in your house. You have to pick. One of my big things is toilet paper. Life is too short to use school <laughs> bathroom grade toilet paper. Cecily, <laughs> I've been in your bathroom. <laughs> yes, and my toilet paper is incredibly inexpensive. Buy better See, toilet I'm paper. Saying, I'm not saying cheap. It's inexpensive. No, it's cheap. I've been in your bathroom. 
That's not frugal, honey. That's torturing yourself. Life is too short for crappy toilet paper. So, I have a brand loyalty to Charmin. I don't care what you use. You could use Quilted Northern, you could use Charmin. Please, God, use a decent toilet paper. I mean, if you don't want to, fine. But your guests will thank you. And your daughter probably won't use three quarters of a roll and clog a brand new toilet. In the new toilet, yes. That took us an hour. (laughs) We were unclogging this toilet for an hour with a sewer snake. It was insane! The heck? God love kids. We had finally gotten a working toilet and, and now we didn't. Oh man, we all wanted to kill her so bad. (laughs) <laughs> oh god it was horrendous <sighs> I guess she learned her lesson though I haven't heard about a clogged yes. toilet Nope. better toilet paper will stop that from happening <laughs> and when you're buying electronics and stuff like we have six battery banks in our house including my halo which will actually jump your car and I spent wow. $140 on that thing but it will jump my car <laughs> it is well worth it well I also got it so if me and you go camping together you can run your CPAP on it yeah. It's incredibly useful. And it's better than the five buck ones you're going to buy at Walmart. I mean, I have a couple of those, and they are shit. I would. I spent $40 earlier today, almost $40, on an Anchor battery bank. Because it was on sale for 24% off. I saved like 28 bucks on it. Wow. Because the podcaster for Survival Podcast mentioned it earlier, and I'm like, Ooh, I could use another battery bank, because two is one and one is none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm working an extra job. I can afford to buy a battery bank. So it's not like, I'm not going, ooh, I can't pay my mortgage if I buy this battery (laughs) bank. I'm going, I have a little bit of money I keep aside for myself, aside from the Halloween party fund. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to buy this battery bank. And then I have another one. And it has three ports on it. So buy once, cry once. Anchor is a great brand. We have Anchor battery banks around here somewhere so i probably have more than six battery banks i don't know how many we have we have a lot (laughs) like keep them in drawers if you need them you've got them we've got more charging cables and you can shake a stick at around this house and we buy quality charging cables too even though i have a habit somehow of breaking them constantly i broke another one my the one in the car finally gave the ghost so i'm using the one that came with my halo now i think the problem is they get slammed in the door if i'm not paying attention and i break them yeah, I'm trying to be better to him. Jason gave me crap about it. And I'm like, he goes through $60 headsets once a year. Wow. I got him another one that's more expensive and is also noise canceling. Because at his job, they have a shooting range and he has to check guns. So he has to have earplugs. So they're built-in mm-hmm. earplugs. So um, they should be nicer. It's lightweight. It's just like this gray string around his neck. He seems to like them. And he can't hear his wife if he's wearing them, so. (laughs) It's like, dude, 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 listen to me, dude. So, yeah, he, but they're great. And hopefully they'll last. I mean, he is also using them for like 12 hours a day every day. So he uses his headset far more than they're actually built to be made, which is why we go through them so quickly. So we're still trying to find one that will last longer, and we haven't had a lot of luck. I mean, earlier this year, I was like, well, you're going through them so much, I'm just going to buy this $20 set. And they were crap. (laughs) I would have been better 
spending $200 on him on a headset, then I would have been wasting that 20 bucks because I just ended up turning around and buying a different headset. Difference between being cheap and being frugal. Frugal yes. is spending more money now so that I don't have to do it in another year. Cheap is spending $20 at going like crap in a month and having to do that again. Yeah. So yes. Like I said, brand loyalty is fine. Not for everything. If you can get away with it, generic food and meds. Like if you if you look at a thing of Excedrin and you look at like the store brand Excedrin, they're the same thing. Yeah. If you look at a normal bottle of Excedrin and you look at Excedrin migraine, which they charge more for, it's the exact same thing. Really? Yeah, there's nothing special in Excedrin migraine. It just has migraine on it. Wow. It's just Excedrin. Don't I'm do glad that. I don't buy that. Jason goes through a lot of it because he gets migraines. And we do generally buy Excedrin. It's one of our brand loyalty things. But for ibuprofen, I buy generic. I don't care. It's ibuprofen. Yeah. I think I have name brand Aleve, but it doesn't work for me. And we probably have some Tylenol floating around. But when I can get away with it for like Xandria, I just, I buy liquid acetaminophen. It's Tylenol. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Why am I going to spend buku bucks on name brand Tylenol when it's the same to just get some acetaminophen? That's like aspirin is aspirin. I can't think of a brand name yeah. for ibuprofen. I'm sure there is one. Maybe, no, Bear is aspirin too. I, think, I don't know. I think it's Motrin. Motrin. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Instead of buying Motrin, I buy ibuprofen. I get it at Sam's Club. We get a lot of stuff at Sam's Club. Our average Sam's Club bill is like 200 bucks. We get a lot of our meat there too. Another thing you can save money on, buy your clothes, especially the kids' clothes at resale stores. I love resale Oh, uh, we have one. Uh, we have one here called Once Upon a Child, and I'm not saying it's like the cheapest resale store ever, but I can get Xandria U shoes there for like five bucks. If I, if I don't mind sitting on the floor and going through the bins, which if you're at a resale store, you're at like Goodwill, you have to sit down. Well, not literally sit down always when I'm going through shoes. The size she wears is like on the floor. I'm old. I have arthritis. I sit on the floor. <laughs> Getting off of the floor is far less painful than sticking my butt out in the middle of the aisle, which I also don't like doing anyway. But I can find her shoes for like five bucks. And I'm trying to replace a pair of like butterfly shoes she had that she has worn through. I The closest thing I can find to them is like 25 bucks on Amazon. Oh. I'm like, no. I've bought her, this year I bought her brand new shoes from Target, and they were like 20 bucks. I, if I buy her new I, shoes, I get them at Walmart, because they're, I mean, I wear Walmart specials. You've seen my shoes. They're crap shoes, and I go through like three pairs in a year. I'm trying to save up to buy new hiking boots, because spending $200 on a pair of hiking boots, my last pair lasted me four years, and the treads still look like new, and I wore them every day. It was the um, loops that the laces went through that are leather, and they broke. But I wore those things every day. They cost Jason $200 when we first started dating. He bought them for me. I have a pair of Reebok sandals that my mom insisted on buying for me. I guess if I wear cheap shoes too much, my feet start really, 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 really hurting. And I think these sandals were like $60. They were something absolutely scandalous. But two years later, I'm still living in them, and they're still awesome. So, yeah, I would rebuy those again. Well, yeah, that's frugal. I'm cheap. I buy, like, the same pair of stupid Walmart sandals every year. And every year, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And the next year, I just <laughs> do it again. And I like my Walmart loafers. They are crap. Like, 
the I just replaced the pair. I have two pairs of loafers right now. One are higher top than the other ones, but the low top ones were a replacement for a pair I already had. They only lasted me a year. And I know I know I'm being cheap, but we haven't had money well, it took us nine months to get two months in the budget. So it's not like I've had money to go out and buy myself new Vasques. And Vasques yeah. are good shoes. You have to go to like REI to get them. But they are wonderful shoes. Like they are so comfortable. And I miss them so much. Especially since I've been walking so much. I miss my Vasques. And I want a new pair. And I've wanted a new pair for... When they went bad, they went bad when we were moving. So it's been three years since I've had them. And I want them back so bad. So... Resale stores, shoes and kids' clothes, especially. Like, I ain't, I'm fat, okay? My friend likes to say I'm squishy. I ain't squishy. I'm fat. Oh, I'm like 200. I'm, well, I'm also squishy, but I'm also fat. And I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm in like 1X. And it could be worse. I know people bigger than me, yeah. and it could be worse. But I can't find things at Goodwill. I buy my clothes at Walmart. The shirt I'm wearing came from Walmart, and it's super comfy. And it was super cheap. But I also have sewing skills. So if something happens to it, I could fix it. Yeah. Life skills are important. Knowing how to sew helps. Um, knowing how to sew if you're buying brand new fabric is not helpful. But being mm -hmm. a... But you like... You take B's clothes and you take shirts that don't fit her anymore and turn them into dresses. Yeah. And that, that makes them last longer. But resale stores, like for kids' clothes, those clothes are barely worn most of the time. And they're stupid cheap. And... Depending on where you go, you can go when they have sales and like me and my mother in law last year went and bought Xandria like a hundred dollars worth of clothes at a resale store. It was so many clothes. Wow. And like two weeks before that I'd spent like a hundred dollars at children's place, which was like three tops and two pairs of pants. As opposed oh to God. like two huge bags of clothes from the resale store. Don't buy them new. <laughs> I splurge on Xandria sometimes, like I was telling you earlier. I bought her and me Boo Crew pajamas from Walmart, but I don't buy I don't buy her a ton of new clothes. She gets dresses from Walmart every year, and I got her some shorts this year because some of her dresses were getting a little short, so she needed shorts. But when I bought the shorts at Walmart, they were two fifty a pair, and at two fifty, that's yeah not expensive. It's not like I'm paying twenty dollars per pair of shorts. But Walmart is also not children's place. Yeah, I get sticker shock every time I go to Walmart. It's like, this is why I go to Salvation Army. I haven't gotten there yet, but I've shopped at higher-end kids' clothes stores. So when I go to Walmart, sometimes I'm like, five bucks for a dress? Man, that's cheap. Yeah. And I just buy Xandria a bunch of them all at once. And she'll wear the dresses into winter. I mean, they're sleeveless, but dude, I can buy two undershirts and we can just... Yeah. She can wear one for like four days and then wash it and wear the other one. Which might sound gross to some of you, but she's a kid. She hasn't hit puberty, and she doesn't stink, generally. <laughs> she, yeah. she, she, oh, she's been in the same clothes for like three days at this point. It's, it's, no, she changed her shirt earlier today. And she puked yeah. the day before, so she was only in the shirt for two days. <laughs> so it's a bad example. But she doesn't care. My mother-in-law's like, you don't make her change clothes every day, do you? I'm like... I forgot. Sounds like horrible parenting. But if her shirt's, like, dirty, I'm like, no, you, you change your yeah. clothes. But if she's not playing outside, and since we got the new kitten, she don't want to go outside and play with the chickens. So she's just not dirty. That's like people who wash their babies every day. I'm like, what is your baby doing that's getting them dirty? <laughs> it's three months old. Xandria was, like, Xandria was, like, 
almost a year old before she even had a bath. Wow. I wiped her down when she was dirty, or I took a washcloth and ran it through her bald head, because she's got super long hair now, but she didn't for a long time. And other than that, why would you bother, like, setting up a baby bath and doing all of this work when you could just take a wet washcloth and wipe the baby down? You <laughs> <laughs> wipe off really well. Yeah. Well, you're wiping their butt multiple times a day. <laughs> That's like the only part of them that gets dirty. You wipe their face when they eat. <laughs> what could they possibly be doing that would get them so dirty they really need a bath before they hit a year? If you want to bathe your baby, go for it. I just didn't see the point because she wasn't dirty. My, my family did not agree with me. <laughs> and we started... She was like eight or nine months old, I think, when I started putting her in a bathtub. But she was old enough at that point. She was sitting. So it's not like, oh, no, the baby's going to drown. Yeah, you're not trying to wrestle the infant who doesn't want to be in there while they're wet and slippery. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> and why would you want to buy a baby bath if it's taking up space in your house? And they're not cheap. Use a washcloth. They will enjoy the baths when they're capable of sitting up. They can wait. They can wait. Unless you're like, no, I must bathe my babies. I want them to be sparkling clean and smelling like Johnson's constantly. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I have a preschooler right now who's in desperate need of a bath, but every time I ask her, she doesn't want to. And I have a feeling at some point tomorrow she is getting one because her hair is getting bad. I brush it every day, but it's just getting bad. Which is basically my judge for her and me when we need baths. If my hair is, like, disgusting, which it's not because I took a shower yesterday. But I also have psoriasis, so I can't bathe daily. And it looks like Xandria also has psoriasis. I gotta take oh, her into the doctor. She's got a... We thought it might be, like, ringworm, but it's not. Because it's not spread. It's in the same spot, and it's been there for two months. So I think it's psoriasis. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to take her in and have it looked at. Um, I mean, stuff happens. I have psoriasis. I have it really bad on my leg. You've seen it when it's really bad. It's, like, a quarter of my shin all the way around... And it's, it's bad. So bathing daily for me. I know a lot of people take showers every day. My husband does. He takes showers. He washes his hair every day. But if I do that, it flares the psoriasis up because it doesn't tolerate. It really doesn't tolerate soap, but my psoriasis doesn't even tolerate water. Wow. So I can't. But if I look like, I mean, I call myself the hot mess mom. And I'm a hot <laughs> mess mom. But if I really look like a hot mess, I take a shower. It felt so good yesterday, too, because I've just been so tired. And Jason goes, I thought I asked you to, You. it looks like you put my CPAP stuff in the dishwasher with a pod and forgot to run it. And I'm like, I, I put it in there with the pod and then I took a shower and I must have forgotten to run it because the shower felt so good. Because <laughs> I've just been hurting. So another place you can get clothes and you can get something that I consider super important. You can get bed sheets and not because they're bed sheets. We have this place here which I will have to take you to sometime. I say maniacally. <laughs> we have a Goodwill outlet, colloquially known here in St. Louis as the by-the-pound Goodwill, where everything wow. is a quarter a pound. <laughs> Guess where I get my bed sheets? That does sound like fun. And you know what bed sheets are? They're great big pieces of fabric. Yes. You can make clothes out of those nobody's going to know. It's actually very popular in um, the Society for Creative Anachronism, the medieval reenactment stuff I do. A lot of people make their clothes out of bedsheets and draperies. And I have seen people in gorgeous 
1500s like court dresses that are made from curtains. You would not know. They are gorgeous. By the pound Goodwill, man. We have three of them in St. Louis. Wow. It's everything that comes, uh, that you take to Goodwill that's not bagged or boxed. And everything that doesn't sell. And when you go, you should wear gloves. Because there's going to be broken stuff in there. And you don't want to cut yourself. And stuff's not necessarily mm-hmm. clean. I mean, they sell gloves. You can buy gloves there. Uh, I just bring my own. Actually, I don't usually wear gloves because I just don't care. But I also bring a pair. I haven't been to one since Andrea was a baby because I just won't take her with me. <laughs> but you can buy books there like 10 cents an inch. <laughs> I'm serious. 10 cents an inch. And then glassware is something else. I can't remember because I don't buy glassware at Goodwill. But these places are amazing. They're these big trenches. <laughs> They're just like these big bins. And everything's just thrown in there. So you ha- So it's like, it's a day. If you go in there and you're actually like pulling bed sheets or whatever, it's a day. But yeah, it's a, a you you need to visit. It's fun, so fun. The things stay at home moms think are fun, or not what yeah. you know when you were night when you were nineteen at the bar scene, or I guess you wouldn't be nineteen. You're like twenty one at the bar scene. You weren't like man when I'm in my thirties. I'm gonna think going through a trench. Wearing gloves, looking for bed sheets is the height of my week. But it's it's what it is. It's fun. So, Cecily, how many unitaskers did you have in your kitchen? How many uh, things that you could only use for one purpose did you have in your kitchen? That actually ever got used? No, in general. I know we had at least one coffee grinder. Now, a coffee grinder is a multitasker, and I will tell you how to multitask with a coffee grinder. We Using have it for spices. Yeah, we have two. We have one that's only for coffee, and we have one that's only for spices. Mostly because the spices will discolor the coffee grinder, and you can't really clean them out really well. So we have two of those. I don't consider those unitaskers. But uh, no unitaskers in your kitchen. My Instapot does like nine things, most of which I have never used it for. (laughs) But I can make yogurt in my Instapot, which I think is really cool, and one of these days I'm going to try. I just don't have this stuff. Yeah, I just don't have the stuff to make it. I think I'd have to buy, like, rennet or something. I don't remember. I mean, and I can lacto-ferment uh, yogurt if I really wanted to. I do a lot of lacto-fermentation, especially in the summer. Crock-pots you can consider a unitasker, but those things are so damn useful. Yeah. You want to keep your kitchen as minimal as possible. Like, my, you might think my Vitamix is a unitasker, but it's not. Like, I can make smoothies with it. I can make hot soup in my Vitamix. It's amazing. That thing is amazing. There are also people who use them like food processors. I don't because I tend to liquefy everything when I do that. But I do know that you can. It's just me and my inability to. But you want to keep multitaskers in your kitchen to keep down on everything else. Like right now we have so many spatulas and spoons that it's kind of embarrassing. And I really need to go through the drawer and clear it out. Because we have a lot. But every time you buy a unitasker... You make Alton Brown go bald. Have you seen Alton <laughs> Brown's hair? Look at what you're doing to that poor man. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Seriously. I think the only unitasker in my kitchen, and it's probably can be used for a lot of different things too, but I'm still learning how to use it. We have a sous vide. We got it for Christmas. They're not very expensive. I don't think this one cost my in-laws very much. Um, but like make freezer meals, vacuum seal them, toss them in the freezer. Toss them in the sous vide at the temperature you want the stuff at. Dinner's done. What? 
a sous vide is a machine it attaches to the inside of a pot and it circulates the water and it also heats the water so yeah let's say i want a steak at 130. i set my sous vide for 130 i toss my vacuum sealed steak in there and you can vacuum seal using a uh, ziploc bag and a straw which i've done i'm not great at it but i've done it so you toss it in there frozen set it for 130 go to work come home you have a 130 degree steak and you just preheat your pan, toss it on there, and just sear it off, and then you have steak. Huh. That is a sous vide. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Let's talk about budget-saving groceries. You save money there, too, don't you? Uh, Do you coupon clip at all? Not really, because the coupons usually aren't for what I actually Yeah, I don't either. I think it's a waste of time. I mean, I know there are people who go through and get, like, $200 of groceries for like 50 bucks, but I don't know how they do it, and I'm guessing not well. Or they have a lot of yeah, time. <laughs> and they're not raising kids. So, I'll tell you what I do. I shop at multiple stores. On a regular shopping trip weekend, I will go to Walmart, I will go to Sam's, I'll go to Deerberg's, which is a higher-end store, but they have more gluten-free stuff than most stores do. Sometimes, depending on what I need, I'll go to Whole Foods. I get a lot of my produce at Fresh Time, which is a store local to here, that has their produce is pretty reasonable. They're like a more um, reasonable version of Whole Foods. Or I'll go to Trader Joe's, which I don't go to often, but I really do like Trader Joe's. For certain things, it's the only place I know of locally I can get arugula. And I just, I go to multiple stores and I use an app called Flip. It's F-L-I-P-P. And it has all of your local grocery stores, all of the flyers. I sit down on Friday and I go through the flyers. And you can, like, if you tap on the item, it'll circle it and add it to a grocery list for you. So then I know where I'm going and what I'm getting. And I love it especially for Aldi's because I love me and Aldi's. They have the best goat's cheese ever. I love that stuff with uh, pepperoni chips is amazing, which are just uh, pepperoni that you put in the oven for a certain amount of time and they get crispy and they're just That's my they're dangerously addictive and they're great with goat's cheese i will have to introduce you to pepperoni chips uh, so i do that i also recommend if you go to whole foods a lot which is colloquially around here known as whole paycheck for a reason go to trader joe's and stop going to whole foods <laughs> i go to whole foods for very very specific things like, I went last week to get Jason, uh, it's like a nose inhaler. It kind of looks like a chapstick, and you inhale through it, and it helps clear your sinuses when you have a cold. That was the cheapest Whole Foods trip I ever made, and I spent, like, six bucks. That was the only thing I got. But Flip is so useful. Like, I have it set up, so it has all of my favorite stores first, so I can just go through there reasonably quickly and pull out the items I buy most often. And then I can get them on sale. And then I can buy multiples of those that I wouldn't normally get for the copy canning. Which is where that ties in. Uh, as far as like meal ideas for budget. Like you said, rice and meat. Ramen noodles are crap. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. Yeah, ramen noodles. <laughs> Xandria gets what she calls chicken noodles every once in a while. And they're ramen noodles. They're the... The uh, lunch ones, they come in the styrofoam thing. Yeah. And I just drain the water off. She doesn't get them all the time. Sometimes she gets them more than other times. But that child is addicted to noodles. So I keep them in the house. But nobody else eats them. I don't, as far as quick meals go, I don't do recipes so much. I like meat and vegetables. I pan fry them to make hash. 
a lot. Potatoes, Brussels sprouts, and chicken. Dinner. One pan. And it's cheap. Potatoes are cheap. Chicken can be cheap. Vegetables, if you're buying what's in season, especially if you're going to a farmer's market, it can be cheap. Actually prefer going to the farmer's markets when they're open. You can do the same thing and toss them in the oven and roast them. One pan. No dishes. 30 minutes, you've got dinner. It's not like gourmet. But you're also not buying ingredients you'll only use once and then go, why the hell do I have this? Why do I have wasabi powder? We have, um, we have buttermilk powder, which is something we don't use all that often. Jason, you use it as a bread conditioner sometimes. So that's really the reason we have it. Yeah, I make a homemade ranch rub out of it sometimes. Because we have it, and if we have it, I'm going to use it. But I've pretty much stopped more or less using recipes because I always end up with more food than I'm going to use. And if you're on a budget, everything you throw away because you didn't use it is money you wasted. Which is why it's nice to have chickens to give scraps and vegetables that we're not eating to. But chickens are expensive. Our first egg, because this is our first year with chickens, cost us a grand. in feed and the coop and the chickens, which aren't free. Uh, so backyard chickens are wonderful, but I don't necessarily recommend them. Especially if you're going to get attached and you're not willing to kill and eat them. Because if they're not laying for you, then they're expensive pets. So we killed a rooster earlier this year. He's in my freezer. Because they're pets, but they're not pets. It's not like the cat. They're pets that taste yummy. They're pet. well, there are people who would tell you that cats taste yummy. I mean, but I'm more attached to cats or dogs than I am to the chickens. They're just chickens. I know there are people who put diapers on their chickens and let them run around the house. I don't really dig that. If that's your thing, hey, go for it. But it's not my thing. They're chickens. And if they're not working for their keep, they're not being kept. And even the rooster takes care of the hens and protects them. So he has a job and he does his job. Um, batch cooking is a good idea. Buy all your groceries at the beginning of the month. Batch cook. Toss it in the freezer. You have meals. Um, which also leads into freezer meals. And freezer meals, like soups and stuff, are great if you have a sous vide machine. You can just set it for <laughs> those old Ronco commercials. Do you remember those? You set it and you forget it. It's like my favorite thing ever. Just put stuff in the sous vide and then don't worry about it. And finally, eat your leftovers. I'm yeah, looking at have, you. Yeah. I am looking at you eat them. I will if cook you... a whole bunch of stuff and then people freeze it. I should just freeze before asking if anyone wants Yep, just freeze it. Freeze it in small portions, and then you can thaw it in the microwave. Who who needs to buy TV dinners? Just make your own. I mean, it's work, but... I mean, me and you are stay-at-home moms. Yeah. This is our job, so being like, oh, it's a lot of work. Well, this is my job. <laughs> you complain 40 hours a week with PTO. Dude, I have been working ever... <laughs> For over four years without a single day off, more or less. 24 hours a day. I woke up the other day at 4 a.m. to being puked on. <laughs> I don't get PTO. I said, Ed, you don't get pat you don't get hazard pay. No. No hazard pay, no PTO, no sick time. When Xandria had flu A and B in February, I had I had the flu too. Guess who didn't get to be off of work because she had the flu? This chick. Yeah. So people who are like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom, that must be nice. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> we live on a single income almost 100% of the time. This is the first time I have had any kind of actual income since we were married. 
I worked at like Walgreens for two weeks and then that was too stressful and I just went back to being a housewife. Because this is stressful, but this is a different kind of stress where like, if I'm done, I can chill out to YouTube for an hour and nobody's judging me for it. So is batch cooking and making freezer meals and stuff a lot of work? Sure it is. Am I exhausted the next day? Sure I am. But it's kind of what I get paid to do. Not that I get, you get paid in things other than money. Like I get a roof over my head and children. And somebody to live with for the rest of my life who loves me dearly. And I think it's worth it. Do you think it's worth it? Oh, yeah. So, with that, <laughs> this is the 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us on MeWe as our page or our group. And on Parlor. it's Zero S Mom Podcast. We are also online at 80smompodcast.com. And on YouTube, also on Library, that's L-B-R-Y. Have a great week, and remember, you've got this. It's a little stressful. Are you stressed, or are you, you're well lubricated? I'm along for the ride. You're along for the ride. Lucky, lucky Cecily. <laughs> Ray has drug me along for this. What was I thinking?